when it comes to heating up your business, it's all about making more bacon. And that requires an expert with a particular set of skills. You need a Baconologist. Building authentic connections, online networking, through social selling, relationship marketing, mindset and training. Yeah, that's bacon. Get ready, because we're about to fry up a sizzling success strategy. This is the Bacon Podcast with your host and business Baconologist, Brian Basilico. It's a lot of bees, man. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Brian Basilico, and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? Hey, peeps. I have an incredible guest. He is kind of like a brother from another mother for numerous reasons. We both think alike, and we both like bacon. And as a matter of fact, today's is going to feature bacon at the very end. But before we get started, I want to introduce you to Frank Agan. He's with a networking group that he created called Amspirit, and it's a BNI style group, but I hear it's a lot better. So Frank, man, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the build up there. It made my day. Uh, that's the point, man. If I can't build you up, you know, what's the point of coming on the podcast, right? <laughs> there you go. I'll take that. So anyways, um, before we get started, I'd like my people to get to know you and how you got from where you originated to where you're at today with Amspirit. So how did you go from selling worms for fishing to casting fishing nets to bring people into the networking world? Yeah, you know, growing up, I grew up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and one lived on a lake. And one summer, just uh, started selling night crawlers, and uh, it was great because my parents were free labor. They would go to the golf course when it would rain and pick worms for me. Uh, but yeah, that led me off to college in Wisconsin, and uh, then I did really well in college. Surprising because I just went there to play football. Um, that led me to law school at the Ohio State University, where I'm. I live in Columbus, Ohio now. I've got a law degree and I've got an MBA from Ohio State. And my whole notion of my career was do well in school, get a lot of credentials, you'll be fine. Everything will work out. And it really that's really not the truth. Um, so I was with this public accounting firm as a tax consultant, great pay, great everything, um, if you like to do taxes. And I really didn't want to do taxes forever. So after about six years of just kind of putting up with it, I decided to leave. And I tell people that a funny thing happened to me when I left. And the funny thing was that nothing happened. I had no idea how to get clients. And I think there's a lot of your listeners who can probably identify with that because it's, it's, it's not natural for us to kind of sell ourselves. So I struggled for about a month and had a conversation with a friend who was an attorney uh, right out of law school, she'd started her, her own firm. And so she was very successful. I said, what do I need to do? She said, you need to get into a tips club or a leads group. I had no idea what she was talking about, but she introduced me to somebody who's starting a brand new chapter of this organization. It was not BNI. BNI was not in town. It was based out of Pittsburgh. It was very similar to BNI. I understand that the founder of the organization I joined um, was somehow connected to Ivan Meisner neither here nor there, but immediately it made, it made total sense, Brian. It made sense because I could lift up my whole world by helping other people become successful, by referring other people, talking other people up. Um, so I really doubled down on that, became that chapter's first president, 
uh, got an advisory board, essentially became the organization's first franchisee, and then had an opportunity in the early 2000s to buy it out. And I did, and I rebranded it as Amspirit Business Connections. Uh, people call me the founder, technically speaking. I guess I'm not, and that's fine. It's just easier to say. Uh, but that really set me on a whole different path. I stopped practicing law. I started writing books. I really became a student of of networking, of professional relationships. And really, it's everything. Well, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. It's uh, these relationships, these business relationships are really everything in our lives. Yeah, I always say uh, I have these things called Baconisms. And mm -hmm. there are phrases I say all the time, and I always say that relationships are the currency of business. And then the other thing I say along that lines is businesses do not do business with other businesses. People do business with people. Yeah, it's so true. Very true. So we are here today to talk about the science of networking. I figured we'd slant it down that way because, you know, uh, one of the things about going to college or school is, you know, none of us really like science. It, you know, now I think sure. it's pretty cool. But back then it was like that was not one of my favorite classes. <laughs> I agree. But, but as I get older, I'm like, wow, science is cool. So let's talk about the science. And today we're going to be talking about three different categories. Medical science psychological science and bacon science so there you go let's start off with the medical science and you say that the world changed because of what well i'm not sure that the world changed necessarily uh well the world changed with humans uh but there's a famous anthropologist margaret mead and she was teaching a class and one of her students asked what was the first sign of human civilization. At what point did you say there's something different about humans relative to any other species on the planet? And she thought for a minute and everybody was kind of waiting with bated breath as to what the answer might be. Is it clay pots? Is it fire? Is it tools, weapons? And her answer was this, a healed femur. And she went on to explain that in the animal world, you don't see animals with healed femurs. You see animals with broken femurs, the, the remains, um, because when they break their femurs, and just for those who don't know, that's the bone that connects the knee to the hip. When an animal breaks its femur, it's done. Mm -hmm. There's no, you know, there's nothing else it can do. It just perishes, it starves, and that's the end of it. But when they started finding humans with healed femurs, they realized that there was something special about us. The femur takes six weeks to heal without medical care. Um, and what that says is that for six weeks, another human committed to taking care of a human who, who needed help. And we're talking about, you know, we're not talking about days of Uber Eats and, uh, you know, Amazon or anything like that. We're talking about every moment of every day had to be committed to survival. Mm -hmm. And for somebody to have the compassion for another person to say, I'm going to stick behind. I'm going to get this person water. I'm going to get them food. I'm going to sacrifice myself. Um, you know, that was something pretty special and that hard hardwiring is really still with us we see it a lot you know we, we've we've seen it through covid people taking care of one another we saw it 9-11 people taking care of one another um it's just it's just who we are 
And I think the the key thing about that is in networking, you you get two different kinds of people. You get some people that walk into a networking group with cards, and we all know this guy, same person on LinkedIn that connects and pitches. He walks up to you, hey, I'm Jim, here's my card. Give me your card so I can contact you and sell you something. Hey, I'm Jim, here's my card. Right. Give me your card so I can contact you and sell you something. And the people that do that... Yeah, maybe get a few calls, but the ones that are the most successful are the ones that, you know, basically meet somebody at a networking event and say, what do you do? And they sit there and listen. And then they think to themselves, you know what? This person really needs to meet this person. So I'm going to be the person to introduce them. And you basically are doing exactly what you said. You're caring for somebody who's hurt because this is new to them. It's not comfortable to go out and network with a bunch of people you don't know. As a matter of fact, you dig back to the tribes, you know, their whole thing was to protect the tribe. And when somebody new came in, they thought they were a threat. And that same kind of feeling is what we have today when we're networking, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's all that hardwiring. Exactly, which kind of leads us into the next topic, which we're going to be talking about psychology, the science of psychology when it comes to networking. So what are we talking about there? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of studies out there. The one that I find really fascinating was done at the University of Opal, uh, Opel or Opal in, in uh, Poland. And what they did was they took a young woman and they put her on the street. She was one of the researchers um, and she was tasked with approaching a hundred other women. Um, and there were two different ways that she would approach the women. 50 of the women, this is all done at, on ran, at, um, randomly. Um, 50 of the women, she would simply go up to and say, would you buy a candle from me? Buy something, just a little trinket. Um, and that's all she would say. And she sold some candles and some she and, and she didn't. <laughs> um, I'll get into the numbers in a minute. Uh, but the other 50, she went up to and she said, how are you doing? And the person would respond, I'm doing well or I'm having a bad day, whatever it might be. And then the, uh, the researcher would respond in kind. Oh, I'm glad you're having a, a great day or I'm sorry you're having a bad day. And then would lead in with, would you buy a candle from me? Well, when she walked up to people and just asked for the sale, the pitch, as we see in networking events, right? When you just ask for the pitch, she sold three out of 50 candles, hmm. three, three candles. Um, when she had this little small talk conversation, and it's just, that's the smallest possible conversation we can have, right? I mean, it just doesn't get any smaller than that. She sold 11. Wow. And it went on in the study and it talked about what was going on here. And it brought up a concept called heuristic processing. Our brains are fascinating. They do all sorts of stuff. And one of the things our brains need to do is it needs to determine whether it, you can trust somebody or not. And again, mm -hmm. in today's day and age, we don't have tigers. We don't have, you know, we don't, it, strangers for the most part aren't evil. Um, but back in the day when we were living in tribes, and you and I have talked about this a couple of weeks ago, we were living in tribes. It was not that simple. And so it, our brains had to calculate and determine whether we could trust somebody or not. And by having this small talk conversation, it, would, it kicks in what's known as heuristic processing, which is just a shortcut that the brain takes to say, oh, okay, they're having small talk with me. You know, they like my team, whatever. They like my tie. Um, I can trust this person. And that 
you know, going back to your commentary about the people who are at the events and coming up and just wanting a card, um, that's why that doesn't work. We need to have these conversations. We need to get to know people. People need to have a sense that we care about them because that is playing in our mind. And, and, and you probably notice this too, when you have these conversations or when you have conversations with people um, and you find you have things in common with them and they care about you and they're really interested and they're asking questions, your brain lights up. You know, I can see people just warm up through a conversation, um, through just simple things that we might be talking about. You know, hey, I see you're from Wisconsin. You must be a you must be a Packer fan. You know, um, just little things like that really serves to set us apart. And uh, I really encourage people to take the time to get to know other people and have these little conversations. Yeah, absolutely. And the simplest way to do this, and this is one of the things that I, I recommend to anybody who's in sales, is before you talk to anybody, do a little research. You know, go yeah. in to LinkedIn and just look and, and don't just look at who they work for and what they sell. Scroll down to the bottom and if they have interests in there, find them. You know, and uh, I was on a call, I do this thing called Lunch Club, where you meet random people. And the last guy I met, you know, we started talking about music, come to find out he's a drummer, he's asking me what do I play, I told him about a recording studio, and then and the, the entire vibe completely changed. It's like, yep. we have something in common we could talk about. We don't have to sit here and say, so what do you do? How do you do it? What makes you different? You know, all the things that we try to do when we're networking, when really all we wanted to talk about is, dude, you know, I remember playing, you know, going out and staying out till four in the morning and making 50 bucks. <laughs> and, right. You know, it just immediately kicked off a, a, a different part of the brain and, and made me feel like he was part of my tribe. He knew my pain. You know, he did stay up till four o'clock in the morning and only make 50 bucks for playing for eight hours, you know. So, yeah, there's that kinship, which I think, you know, small talk does a lot. And so does research. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you made a great point. I People will approach me and they'll get on the phone or on Zoom and they'll be like, well, tell me about yourself, Frank. It's like, well, what'd you see on LinkedIn? Well, I just figured I would let you tell me. Well, that's you're just indicating you're being lazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't need to memorize my LinkedIn, but just find something to say that you care. Right. And there's always something there, you know, something that some where somebody went to college, you know, or I, my story the other day, somebody reached out to me. I looked and they grew up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Mm -hmm. Now, nowhere near where I was, but still it's. We call ourselves youpers, you know, right. okay, yeah, I'll have a conversation with a fellow youper. And that caused him then to look into my profile and see, okay, yeah, I see it. This is great. You know, it'll just be a better conversation. I think the reality is, is we have something with everybody. We just need to put the effort in to find it. Absolutely. And, you know, I think you are a perfect example of this because, I had Dan LeFave on my podcast probably five years ago. <laughs> it's wow. been a long time. And, you know, but I remember him and somehow or another he connected us. And because you know Dan, you're here. 
you know, I get people hitting me up every single day, probably 10, 20 people. It's like, oh, I could be a great guest on your podcast. I yeah. can talk about left-handed underwater basket weaving. And I'm going, dude, did you even listen to my podcast? Yeah. <laughs> you have any clue what it's about? And uh, But the fact that you know Dan and I know Dan, that's an immediate connection. So, yeah. you know, having that commonality is huge. And that makes all the difference in the world. And, and I, you know, I love the fact that you just said, you know, well, tell me about your yourself because i don't want to research you <laughs> I, I know it's 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 comical really it's comical right and so now we get to the the pastry resistance the the bacon of science or the science of bacon and we're going to be talking about imdb and for those of you uneducated tell everybody in our audience what imdb is well imdb is the internet movie database and the, the bacon reference is kevin bacon mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, there's a game out there that that people play, I don't want to say kids play, but people play, where they connect Kevin Bacon to any actor within uh, the movie industry. Um, and let me give you an example. Uh, there was a, a famous actress, take me at my word, Mary Pickford. She was an uh, actress in, or actor, I guess the politically correct term, actor in the uh, late silence, early talking movies. But she did a movie, uh, she, she's not, never did a movie with Kevin Bacon. I don't even think they were alive together, but they're connected through the movies that they did. Mary Pickford did a movie in 1932 called Screen Snapshots with Clark Gable. And then Clark Gable did a movie with Tony Romano. Now, Clark Gable didn't never did a movie with Kevin Bacon, but he did a movie with uh, Tony Romano called Combat America. That was 1943. And then Tony Romano was in a movie with Kevin Bacon uh, 1979, the movie was starting over. So that's three steps connecting Mary Pickford to Kevin Bacon. And so what people will do is they'll throw out an actor's name and you're supposed to try and connect them back to Kevin Bacon as, in as a few steps as possible. Now, where the Internet Movie Database comes into this is there was a computer scientist at the University of Virginia. Gotta love big data, right? They took the Internet Movie Database, and that's mm -hmm. just a list of all the movies and all the actors that were in each of the movies. And they uploaded all of this to a program, and they determined how many steps. They determined every person that Kevin Bacon was connected to. Somehow he's connected to everybody, just as everybody on the planet is somehow connected. Um, but they determined that, on average, he was connected to any actor in 2.8312 steps now this is this is that changes with every movie but that's where it was when they did the the research um and that's that is a lot of specificity most people most actors are 2.8 something so he's 2.8312 and that placed him you know once they had the program done and they did it for kevin bacon they did it for all the actors and they figured out that kevin bacon was 668th place uh, out of all these actors he's not number one and he has a game <laughs> named after him what's up with that <laughs> <laughs> well you know let's start to look at the people who are near the top you had names like martin sheen Robert Mitchum, Gene Hackman, uh, Donald Sutherland, excuse me, and Shelley Winters. And then another person who was up there was Burgess Meredith. And for people who are not familiar, Burgess Meredith played Mickey in the Rocky movies. Um, he was the penguin in some of the Batman movies. One of the original. Yeah, there we go. Exactly. Um, now, he did it. He was in the top 20. 
he did 114 films and that ranked him in the in the top 20 but there were there was another actor out there who did 183 almost 70 more movies than burgess meredith and that's john wayne the duke he the did a pilgrim sir <laughs> yeah he did 183 movies but he was only 160th on the list now you would think that the more movies you did the better off you would be the higher you would rank or the, the the more connectivity you would have and that was just the opposite so they started looking into the movies and they realized that john wayne appeared in similar type movies most of his movies were westerns and war movies Whereas Burgess Meredith, on the other hand, he appeared in a wide variety of movies. He was in 22 dramas, including Of Mice and Men and, and Rocky, as I indicated, um, or 42 dramas, 22 comedies, eight adventures, seven action, five documentaries, science fiction, horror, Western thriller, crime movies, children, romance, mysteries, musicals, and animated films. So the lesson in all of this is that if you want to be connected, in networking you have to operate in lots of different worlds mm-hmm. and the example i use for myself is when i was working in public accounting i did one thing i went to work i had lunch with my coworkers. if i did anything on the weekend i did it with my coworkers, five or six people and when i left to go out on my own i had nothing i didn't have a network so now i really take a hard look at my network and try and get myself connected in lots of worlds. I get involved at church. I've gotten involved with my kids' school. I get involved in the community, try and get involved in the not-for-profit world. I look at all the different places I can be involved and do it because everywhere I go just connects me that much more. Um, And that's something I think all your listeners need to really take a hard look at and say, okay, you know what? I know the person to the cubicle to the left and to the right. I need to know more. I need no people outside my firm. So my three takeaways from this are, number one, the medical side of things. And that is, you should care for other people and they will care for you. And if you go into networking with that attitude, you're going to be much more successful. The second thing is, is create small talk. Listen twice as much as you speak. Ask questions and listen and use that information to help people. And then the third one is, is eat more bacon and watch more movies. No, um, that is that your network is your, I've heard this, your network is your net worth. But really it's the the people that you know are going to know some other people. And this is a perfect example of something that happened today is I have a friend who's an author and we hired an assistant for him. And the first thing I did was figure out, okay, how can I help him? So I happened to be on a radio station in Asheville, North Carolina. So I called up the owner of the radio station and said, hey, I've got a buddy who's got a book and this is the topic. Do you have anybody on your station who talks about that topic? And she said, oh my God, yes. So she connected me with that person. And so I have this assistant now who's going to connect them up. And she's going to ask, do you know anybody else in this industry? So working the network to get to the you know success that they're looking for, but doing it in a way that is helpful to the person who is doing the interview, providing great content, making good connections, offering you know assistance. So it really is about you know the human spirit when it comes to networking, right? Yeah, no, it absolutely is. It's everything. Yes. 
So, Frank, this has been awesome, man, and I appreciate you and your time. But if people want to learn more about you or Am Spirit, what's the best way for them to do that? You know, I have I created a website years ago, uh, just frankagan.com. It's got my email. It's got links to my LinkedIn, my Facebook, my Twitter. Um, it's got a listing of the books I've written, uh, links to my podcast, and they can and links to Am Spirit Business Connections where they can learn about the organization. But I'm happy to meet people where they're most comfortable communicating and reach out. And I'm always happy to have a conversation with somebody and uh, share share about the organization. This is as pitchy as I get. I share about it. If it's right for them, great. If it's not, maybe they know somebody. Um, like you say, one connection leads to the next. Absolutely. Well, again, Frank, man, thank you again for coming on, dropping some sizzling hot science bacon knowledge bombs on my peeps and uh this was a lot of fun and it is like i said your brother from another mother i'm all about connections and networking and this is uh kindred to my spirit and i'm glad we connected and i'm glad we're able to be on each other's podcast so man thanks again for joining us today thank you i appreciate the opportunity thank you for letting us sprinkle some bacon bits into your brains want some more learn more about this podcast and our guest experts at baconpodcast.com have questions? Send them to askbrian at baconpodcast.com. Until next time, keep sizzling. And remember, it's all about the bacon.